what's going on welcome to another episode of the love god love sex podcast and one of your hosts heath yo what's good everybody it's jamie how you doing yeah what's good everybody y'all y'all chilling out there in tv land or podcast land podcast podcast landia oh i know what's good i got what's funny try to be clever and then you just stumble over your words yeah, you know, that's how they say, you know, man plans, but God laughs. <laughs> so you're going to get religious on me over stumble. This a is, verbal yeah, stumble. Yeah, well, you know, because everybody, everybody stumbled and fell. But the, the, the enemy walks around like a, a, a roaming lion. See, if we could trip up. You just got tripped up by the yeah. enemy. Yeah, He's- all right. All right, yeah. <laughs> anyway. Because <laughs> you're out here being a heathen. Trying to, you know short, that's what Heath is short for, heathen. <laughs> Heath is short for that's, heathen. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, check us out on our socials, YouTube, at Love God Love Sex Pod. Definitely subscribe there. TikTok, you can follow us at Love God Love Sex Pod. And of course, at Love God Love Sex Pod on Google Podcasts, Apple, and Spotify. Go ahead and hit that subscriber button or that, yes, that subscribe button. And then rate us. We like five. Five out of fives are, are, are great for us. And leave a comment. We'd love to hear what you have to say. And email us if you like. Connect at lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Today's episode, Healing mm. After Infidelity. Mm. Deep, cross-cutting, heart-wrenching, painful, gut-churning, truth, stories, anecdotes, and hopefully healing. Jay, once you get us started, can you tell everybody why we decided to talk about this? Yeah, I think we decided to talk about it because, you know, cheating seems to be still, after all of these years, such a hot button topic all of the time. I feel like people are talking about cheating, whether it's you know, men who are historically looked at as dogs in some areas of the world or by some people, you know what I mean? It's part of their DNA or, you know, some women sometimes who are just sexually liberated and don't necessarily want to be whatever the circumstances are. I think it's just important to talk about it, um, especially when cheating kind of takes on a lot of different um, looks and faces for people. You know, cheating is not always necessarily a physical thing or comes to physical uh, manifestation. So I think it's just good to talk about because a lot of people are still going through it. Yeah. And we're going to definitely give up some of our own personal stories and testimonies dealing with cheating. So this is going to be an intense episode, definitely full of laughter because we're full of laughter and fun. But there may be some points where we get deep and revelatory. So buckle up, buckle in. Let me begin. I came to win. I don't mean that's that a sin. Me, that's a sin, man. Yo, I did that at this wedding over the weekend, son. It's crazy. Are you, are you, are you did jump around? <laughs> I did. I did at this wedding out in Jersey, out in Franklin Lakes. Shout wow. out to, to Franklin Lakes, where all the if you do, housewives are in Jersey. Trying to step to me, you take your last breath. I got man, the everlasting. Skill. <laughs> right, come Phil. Come get your fill, because when, when I shoot, I shoot, the, gift, the, I shoot the kill. I shoot the kill. <laughs> Your song was crazy, man, when it first came out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. So back to, uh, like like you said, laughter. Uh, Back to cheating. A horror. Let's reel it in. We have some some steps we have that we believe are important to take 
uh, to reestablish connection and to talk about sex after infidelity, life after infidelity. First one is rebuilding trust and emotional connection. A lot of us, when we are either the victims or the recipients of you know, someone cheating on us, or we're the ones who are cheaters, we find the securitous roads of trying to reestablish trust and connection, or we think that A, we can just stuff it down and go back to what life was prior to cheating, whether that's being the person you got cheated on or the person who's doing the cheating. That's one mode of operation. Another thing is to dwell on it and just super dwell on it and always bring it up and center it as the focal point of the relationship. And obviously cheating redefines a relationship. Let's just keep it real. As Esther Perel says, when someone cheats in a relationship and they come to see her, she lets them know. In your relationship or in your marriage, rather, you're going to have four different marriages. Now, that marriage could be to the same person. It's just going to be four different people, four different phases because of the growth and the maturity, or it'll be to four different people. The choice is yours. But there has been a break in trust, a break in the relationship, as the parole will say. And it's up to you now, meaning you, the both of the couples, to heal and restore that relationship to create a new marriage that will be redefined or emerge from the ashes of the old one. So let's talk about rebuilding trust and emotional connection. What are some ways that you think people can rebuild trust and emotional connection after this major breach? Mm, on this conversation, I, I would say, you know, being able to talk about or have, you know, the environment has to be set for both people to talk about their feelings around the infidelity, you know, I think in the, one of the last episodes, we talked about infidelity being a, a symptom yeah. and it being something that's, you know, uh, kind of comes from something else. And I think when, like you said, if you're a person who was a cheater, um, you have to be comfortable enough to maybe get real with your partner about what led to those things. You're making that decision. Um, if it, if it was about you not being satisfied, you know, that might be a simple enough cause, but uh, it just may take some, you know, additional regaining trust, um, hearing this person out. Like, you know, I know when I stepped out, when I was married, it definitely wasn't an easy conversation to talk about why, because you never want your person to feel like, it's a cause and effect thing, right? Like you did something to make me do this because it's really not a cause and effect that way. I don't think a lot of people want to look at it that way, um, but that is an element to this conversation. Uh, and I think we talked about, like you just mentioned, how cheating is a situation that's kind of co-created, even though it might not be any fault there. Uh, both people have a hand in how either one or y'all got to this position. So I think that honest conversation and talking about what led to it is probably one of the first things that needs to happen. Yeah. And I think with that, we also need to discuss what does it mean to be honest going forward? If you felt this way or, you know, taking the example that someone says, hey, you weren't meeting my needs. And I had come to you, I communicated with you, I sent you smoke signals, I sent you carrier pigeons, I did skywriting, I even saw the lights in the Goodyear blimp, and it says you're messing up in this relationship. Yet you didn't take any of those hints or those messages, those direct messages seriously. So eventually, you know, I had a breakdown and this happened. What does it mean to be honest going forward? 
because I was communicating with you and I was being honest with you, yet you weren't receiving my messages. You weren't being intentional about the communication that I was giving you and really considering my POV, my point of view. What does it mean to be honest going forward so that if I'm being honest, are you listening? Are you receiving? Are you taking time to think about what I'm telling you? Are you just reacting or are you responding? And to me, the difference between reacting and responding is responding means you've given thoughtful consideration to what I've said. And that at times leads us to our second point, establishing a timeline for connection, because really to consider you need time. Day, two days, three weeks, a month, several months, a year. And here's something that isn't scared for most people years. So let's go into our second point, establishing a timeline for connection, because this is really important because I think many of us fear having to do the slog for years, but healing oftentimes may take years when you've broken trust with someone and you have been the person who is the offender, you may be in for a long haul of healing. And as somebody who's a recipient, you may be in the long haul of healing as well. And it's going to be awkward to you because there's all these ups and downs of understanding versus anger. There's times that just being around them reassures you and you feel connected in progress. And then there's times, maybe 15 minutes, a day afterwards, two days, where you just can't stand their presence. Can't stomach the sight of them. And you're just going to say to yourself, but just yesterday... I felt so connected to them. I was ready to move forward. I was happy with my healing progress, but you don't realize is that is part of your healing progress. Sometimes you have to go back six steps. You make seven steps ahead. You go back six steps to go to eventually end up at five, you know, one, one step ahead. Just, you know, cancellation is, you know, so if I'm playing cornhole cancellation scoring and seven minus six, give you one, but one step, the next one step and eventually you'll get to five, 10, 15 steps and you start having a stride and momentum of healing. But time is critical and being respectful of the timeline. I know for me, I've never, I have cheated. I've cheated on girlfriends. Um, I've definitely had with my long-term partner a, a, a moment of uh, being emotionally connected to someone else, right? So this idea of emotional cheating, I've definitely had that. And so it never went physical. There was an exchange there. There was a connection there because of something that I felt was lacking in our relationship. So there could be a reason for it. And maybe I was justified, quote unquote, in what I was doing. I'm not saying I was, but whether you think you're justified or not, when you reconnect with that person, when you tell them the truth, when you reveal to them what was going on with you and what happened, and not to get into gory details, because I'm sure many of us don't want to hear the gory details of what's going on with our partner. But once you reveal to them what happened, you have to be honest about what does that look like? And not sitting down like you're doing a business plan. Okay, in five years, and you know, we got the pro forma, and we're coming with the capital, and we're going to get a capital injection. And that's not what I'm talking about. I mean, you're going to have to take time over months, even if it's once a quarter. Uh, you figure out biannually, just always resurfacing, hey, are we good? How are you feeling about everything? Are we progressing? And realizing that, that person, even though they're saying they're good, may still be struggling. Yeah, doing that temperature check is always good. I mean, just to know where you are, where your partner is in this process, like you said. And I mean, it's good for respecting people's like space 
and their pace and their cadence with their own like individual healing process. You know what I mean? Like <clears throat> I know where, again, when I stepped out, if someone had told me, you know, it would take, you know, five years or they gave me some sort of blueprint to kind of work through it. I think I might've been able to do better with it, but there were times when I just felt like I was kind of like, I was, I was expected to be a healer to provide healing because I was the one who had the infringement, but also I was, I was expected to be the punching bag. And it's, it can be very difficult to try to be both and occupy both spaces to someone who feels justified some days in being mean. Um, and then also some days they feel justified and just not necessarily being forgiving, not necessarily treating you as just because, because I mean, it, you're still the person that they're married to or that they decided to be with and that they love and y'all have all of this uh, history with, but they don't always necessarily see the need to uphold that when they feel like they've been hurt in a specific kind of way. So I think it, you know, to go back to what I just said, like it's, it definitely makes you learn to respect people's pace and their cadence in terms yes. of their own process. Yeah. And I see that to be the case, especially for people who are more introverted or internal processors of their pain. So this is what I mean. I've heard stories of husbands who've cheated and I've heard some good backup stories of why they cheated, right? Meaning, hey, we hadn't had sex in two years. We hadn't had sex in a year. We hadn't had, we have, we weren't being physically intimate. I wasn't even getting good, in, getting good emotional intimacy, even handholding or non-sexual touch. Because yes, people, men do crave non-sexual touch. So they end up having a discretion at work, somewhere else, and they're at their bowling league <laughs> uh, with, with, with a friend of a friend, whatever. The, the wife of the significant other finds out and she goes, okay, no problem. And then she cheats. And then now we're even. Some people who are external processors, they'll go through that and then they have to work that out together. Someone who's an internal processor who doesn't see that as an out is going to be holding on to a lot more, processing a lot more. And then you're going to get these fits and spurts of healing. And then here comes the kickoff of I hate you then a little bit of healing, and then here comes the kickoff. And that, again, as you just mentioned, could happen for years. On one, on one hand, you're supposed to be Superman, and the other hand, you're Dark Side. Or Lex Luthor, to be a little bit more specific for people who don't know comic books that well. Or like Zod, you're Superman <laughs> exactly. and Zod exactly. together. Yeah, you know what I mean? And that is a very difficult space to be in. And we want to be humble because what I've realized about cheating is this. But prior to getting married, and I said this on the podcast before, I understood cheating to be a very vile and heinous act. After being married, I saw why people cheated. The breakdown of communication, the breakdown of physical intimacy, the breakdown of emotional intimacy. And yes, men do value emotional intimacy. It may come out in different forms. It may come through the connection of sex, but there is emotional intimacy that matters to men. Uh, the breakdown in goals, broken promises, disappointments, lies, uncovered truths that were buried in the relationship, buried in the I love yous and I promise. Once you pull back those covers and you, or you start digging, 
and you uncover something that was, you know, a lie, you uncover, you know, a routine of mendacity, someone who's been lying about, for example, their finances. I've even seen in New York Times articles where people have been hiding their debt, right? They're 250K in debt, and they've been hiding it from their fiance or their spouse. Well, once that gets uncovered, that's a broken promise. That's a missed expectation. That's a lie. Fraud. Fraud. Yeah. Right. It's same thing happened with, with, with cheating. This happens and you are devastated. And what do I do? Because I've tethered my life to this person. So you're just going to have to anticipate a long haul of figuring out what does that look like, which leads us to our third point, creating a new foundation for intimacy. Do you want to take that over, Jay? Yeah. I mean, I think um, you have to talk about how you want to redefine your relationship and like establishing a new foundation that is going to be built on for intimacy. So, you know, some of the examples that we have here that like that could involve, you know, discussing desires and fantasies and boundaries um, and just kind of like exploring the new ways to express your love and affection to somebody um, and redefining your sexual connection with them. Um, in a manner, I guess, that kind of fosters more trust, more closeness and like more mutual satisfaction. Because I think if you were the person who was the cheater, your partner might be like, well, yo, you was already out here getting all you can stand. So how are you going to ask me to, you know what I'm saying, come in and be this new type of freak? You was yeah, already getting that. Exactly, exactly. How you, 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 had, you had the nice girl and you had the super freak. You know what I'm saying? How are you going to ask me to be the super, super freak? On top of the super, you know what I'm saying? So I mean, asking, I think asking that, a loan from the bank you just robbed. Hey, y'all, y'all got five dollars? <laughs> I'm trying to start a. I just need fifty thousand dollars loan. Five. A just, bridge just a loan. five. Just a five. You know, it's a five spot. Ain't that big a deal? Y'all can handle it. You know what I'm saying? The money's insured. <laughs> you already know. FDIC. Y'all, that's FDIC, y'all best you know man. Best man at your wedding. <laughs> so he made the speech and everything. Yeah. <laughs> But, but yeah, man, I, I think this this is where it, it almost kind of goes back to that last point talking about um, on in this timeline, right, while you are, because you said before, you're not talking about making it like a work project, but I think this is actually where that kind of mentality and approach yeah. comes in. Yeah. Um, because it, I think it, it, will, it will require almost the kind of approach that you would put into a work project where like, yo, we got to really sit down and plan um, how we're going to redefine what we've built, what we're building our relationship on and this intimacy. So if you cheated because I wasn't, you know, sucking your toes, let's just say, or whatever that need or that void was that you had. And and I never knew that that was your thing. Like now we got to talk about this fantasy that you have and how I can be instrumental in making sure you don't feel the need to source that elsewhere. Yeah, for sure. I remember watching an episode of Oprah uh, many years ago while I was eating bonbons. <laughs> that was like the biggest 90s bonbons of- and all that good stuff. Yeah, uh, homemakers, uh, women homemakers in the 90s. But Facts. I was watching an episode on Cheaters, and she had a whole panel of um, husbands who had cheated on their wives. And this is like around the aughts, 03, 04. And there was an uh, African-American couple there. And what he discussed was that he had cheated because his wife was not being physically intimate with him. But when he had to sit down to this, our fourth point, go to therapy and realize that 
when he would go to her and say, hey, what about being physically intimate? She would say, hey, I had to pick up the kids today. I had to make dinner. I had to throw out the garbage. I had to, I had to, and go through the laundry list of her to-do list. And he wasn't alleviating. He was like, man, I ain't listening to all that. And I just go out <laughs> and get what I had to get as soon as I can get it, as quick as I can get it. And when you're in therapy, which leads us to our fourth point, seeking the role of professional help, they help you to uncover and if you've had a hard time listening to your partner, uncover the barriers that have prevented you, inhibited you from truly listening to their point of view. And for those of us who lack it, develop or strengthen the muscle of empathy so that you can start being more empathetic to their POV, their point of view. And professional help is critical for doing that. And we implore people, if you're having problems in your relationship, you may not even be married, you may be on the path to marriage, or you're just in a thriving you know, relationship, you have a significant other, double down on the therapy. If you believe you're worth it, if you believe they're worth it, if you believe your dynamic in your relationship is worth it, double down on the therapy. It is something that will provide an immeasurable help to shifting perspectives and shifting the weight in the relationship in a healthy way so that the boat stays afloat. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say, I'm bringing up a lot of what I went through, but I was going to say, even though my marriage dissolved eventually, I would say that period of professional help, it really, really did help actually a lot, um, kind of alleviate some of the anxiety around rebuilding and forgiveness uh, and some of the strain of just being able to talk through when she was feeling bad, my ex-wife, that is, when she was feeling bad, like exercises that we could put in place um, just to be able to talk and just say, hey, I need a second to talk to you about what I'm feeling. I had a day that triggered some emotions related to cheating, how you made me feel. Um, like, can we talk about it? So I think there there's definitely a big, huge benefit from professional help. You know, if people want to avail themselves to those resources, find them. You know, you may not be able to get with Esther Perel, but... <laughs> You know what I mean? They're a very capable, competent uh, relationship therapist that can help you through some of those rough patches. Yeah. Um, and they, and I mean, I will say this, man. It may not necessarily help you. Uh, it, it may not necessarily help heal uh, your marriage or relationship, the trust that was broken. But I think it will definitely help you learn how to understand what your partner's going through mm -hmm. and, and even help you understand the things that led you to that decision. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? I, it, it was, it's kind of easy to think that it might just be a real time problem that's going through. Like you might think is she hasn't met my needs or he ha he's not meeting my needs. That's why I'm doing this, but it actually may be tied to a childhood trauma or another issue that you've been through that's been going unresolved. So that professional help is definitely a big benefit. Yeah, that childhood trauma is serious. Unfortunately, childhood trauma is the foundation upon which the house of our life is built. And what do you do when you have a poor foundation or you have this foundation and you have this house? Are you going to pick up and move the house? I mean, that's a delicate surgical procedure, even for well-skilled you know, construction uh, workers and artisans. And the same kind of care has to be placed into dealing with the foundation of childhood trauma that many of our homes, our houses of our lives are built on. 
uh, and I believe that professional help helps uncover that. And in doing so, you've really build a bridge. And what do I mean by building a bridge? I always say by understanding your pain allows you to build a bridge to understand someone else's pain. And that's the power of empathy so that I may have never gone through exactly what you went through, but I could hear the anguish. I can hear the pain. I can hear the torment in your voice, the self-torture, the self-loathing that you've had. And while I may have never had self-loathing because my dad never showed up in my life, but I had self-loathing because of this issue that gripped my family. Maybe my dad was there, but he was physically present, but emotionally absent. So the self-loathing there that emerged from fathers who were not involved, even though mine was physically present, that's our connection. Or a connection around any myriad of issues that bedevil us as children that just stick with us as we age and mature into adulthood and then impact our relationships. It's quite vital, even essential for us to really explore them and really lead us into moments of truth that eventually can open the door to new sustainable relationships, which leads us to our last point, which is embracing vulnerability and forgiveness. So after you've had these conversations about redefining intimacy, after you've waited this whole entire time, after you've rebuilt trust and you know emotional uh, intimacy, and after you've hopefully sought out professional help for those of us that need it, and if you need it, get it. Don't judge yourself or anyone else for getting it. Get it. Embracing vulnerability and forgiveness. And that's the process. Being vulnerable and saying, hey, I forgive you. And for those who've cheated, saying, I forgive myself. We're not out to demonize people who've cheated because, again, like I said a few moments ago, once you start to realize that a lot of people are cheating or not cheating because they're malicious individuals or just dogs who just can't have enough. And there are people out there like that. They're going to just womanize, they're going to use, they're going to abuse or whatever the woman, woman equivalent is. They're going to do that. That's just what they're into. But there's a lot of people reacting, responding out of deep wounds and trauma that sometimes is unspeakable. Unspeakable. Then you realize there's got to be forgiveness in here. There's got to be a call to come together in a way of embracing vulnerability moving forward. Yeah. And I mean, that's definitely necessary. Whether you are the person who cheated or the one who's been cheated on, you need an uh, opportunity and a platform to really voice um, just some of those vulnerable thoughts that you might be having. Like, yo, I, I hate you today. And I mean, yo, to, to hear that <laughs> when I was going through my process, I was like, wow, you, you never know what kind of emotions you can incite in somebody by some of the decisions you make and the choices you make and the things that you do. Um, but to hear that, I would say it, it got, almost kind of gave me some hope. One, because there was a period where I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was getting any type of emotional reaction. It was just like all hate, all rage. Um, all you know hate, what I mean? All rage all the time. <laughs> well, it, it was a period, definitely. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and, and it, then it kind of just turns off and you feel like there's no real emotional reaction to you at all. They, 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 could, they couldn't care less yeah. whether you're there or you're gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then so to hear the vulnerable feelings of like, yo, I just I just kind of hate you today and I need a, like some space today. Can you just sleep on the couch? Can you not come home? You got to, you know what I'm saying? Hold Do a staycation. <laughs> just hold your right, breath. Don't make, a, don't make a sound while I'm walking through the. <laughs> yes, exactly. 
exactly, exactly. But but yeah, man, I think that that's part of the process of being vulnerable, and which really leads to healing. Like if you give someone space enough um, to process how they naturally and inherently process whatever is natural to them, um, and you don't make them feel like they're wrong for how they feel, it can definitely do some major work in terms of uh, rebuilding that trust. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And on that note, we're going to just wrap up. Just to recap again, the uh, five things to do. Right? How do you reestablish intimacy or sex after infidelity? And really just sex, not just being physical sex, but the soul sex, right? The connection. Rebuilding trust and emotional connection. Number two, establishing a timeline for connection. Creating a new foundation for intimacy. The role of professional help and seeking out professional help if you need it. And if you need it, get it. And embracing vulnerability and forgiveness. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, as always, we are at TikTok. We're on TikTok and YouTube at Love God Love Sex Pod. If you TikTok follow, if you YouTube, go ahead and smash that subscribe button on our audio platforms: Google Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Uh, at Love God Love Sex Pod, go ahead and subscribe. Leave a rating, please, or a comment. And email us, connect to lovegodlovesexpodcast.net. Always open to show ideas and suggestions. That's our episode for today. Until next time, take care. Peace.